Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the 16th episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will, in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? I'm doing fine, considering the Wolves are cursed by Ja Rule. You seem very chipper, despite the horrible, horrible news. Well, yeah, and I also didn't fall down the stairs today. <laughs> yeah, so uh, are we going to release the intro to the pod with that, or... You'll have to see once that it comes out. <laughs> yeah, so once for our Minnesota listeners, it's amazing we've even survived to this week and made it into the podcasting studio. So we will cover all things falling down the stairs due to snow and jaw rule in today's episode. Before that, we're going to recap two Timberwolves games. The All-Star break is done. The Knicks and the Bucks game, both on the road. And then after breaking down the games, talk about playing without cat the jaw rule curse like i mentioned and noah's gonna drop some knowledge on us about upcoming contracts and what boys we have going forward a little gm hat yeah (laughs) so get excited for that but first the friday game against the knicks wolves pull out the w 115 104 and really it was a solid win against a g league team i think i think we should be pretty proud of what we put together yeah it sucks the knicks will have to move to more of a g league market you know bismarck or sioux falls davenport iowa york yeah as long as it stays close to madison square garden but they're bad which i guess we only won by 11 when the line was minus 3.5 but Towns was out. He got in a car accident like on the way to the airport, and Gorgie was out for personal reasons. So Taj had to step in, and like Taj does, he kind of brought his lunch pail and got it done. Everything about this game is meat and potatoes in that Taj just played his game. We had five guys who were better than the other five guys, and hence we won. Yeah, without Towns, <laughs> he wasn't able to get into early foul trouble, so that was a non-issue. And Tyus was back, which was exciting to see him back out there after, I think, a 13-game absence. It's crazy, yeah. It just doesn't... I mean, This sounds like such a weird thing to say, but I feel like Tyus is just sort of always there, along with Towns. Mm-hmm. And so to have both those guys kind of go back and forth on injuries is a little weird. I think he's a stabilizing force, especially in a game like this. Comes on the floor and just knows like how to beat a team that he's better than mm-hmm. where Wiggins could shoot one for 14 against the Knicks and go seven for 10 against the Warriors. Right. Like, well, he okay. shot, he shot a little bit better than one for 14. Um, like I said, Taj played well. He had 19 and 10 Wiggins went five of 16. So he was able to score, but just under 33% <laughs> shooting and without towns, uh, D Rose stepped up and he had 20. So kind of some solid scoring in towns absence to, to lift the team on the Knicks side. I know everyone's really going to recognize all these names. Deandre Jordan, I think will be probably like an expiring contract there for a while. 16 points, but 19 boards. The man does eat the glass. Yeah. I mean, if I went up for a board against him, I would just kind of like, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just try not to get dunked on. Kevin Knox had 19 and someone or something called Damian Dotson had 20 on <laughs> 20 points on five five or six threes I just remember must he, have not guarded him just like who who is this man yeah exactly just leave him open I'm sure he won't hit the fourth or fifth three at this point so they kind of jumped out to a lead after he uh was flame thrown from beyond the arc but picked up a win by 11 you know got the dub kind of thing yeah shades of Carmelo Anthony from Damian Dodson but the Wolves the Wolves overcome against a formidable Eastern Conference foe <laughs> and then turn around to play the next night on a back-to-back against Milwaukee I think I was kind of going through the bullet points of this game before I started watching it's like okay like 
Bucks have the best record in the league, back-to-back road games without Towns. And yeah, like, I mean, and it's just the Bucks, right? So it's like, okay, so we're not going to win this, but it'll be interesting to see how we play against them. I think we had a 91% chance to lose. So that might have been the highest this year just because of the confluence of all those factors. But honestly, we made a game of it, I think, and we're up by two, if I can recall, at halftime, which is. And we were up after the third quarter, too. Yeah, and we were down by a lot after the first. So there's definitely like an amount of grit, and it was a fun game to watch, even though the end result was 12 points because Milwaukee can just kind of go on these spurts because everyone shot over 50% besides Brockton. So we're just that type of consistency. It's just kind of the bubble's going to pop at some point for the Wolves during the game. But it was nice to see an entertaining game, especially with some of the guys who aren't usually consistent or efficient, where Akogi went 6 for 9, Rose went 10 for 15. And so it's nice to see this sort of consistency and these guys step up into more sturdy roles in the absence of Towns. And we'll talk about later what that could, I guess, mean for us in the future. But yeah, given the line and... It just wasn't surprising. Playing the Bucks on the but, road. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's nice to see an Okogi stat line that doesn't include energy where you can actually say like he scored and not just like fed off the yeah, crowd. Yeah, on a subjective level, he's super fun to watch and you can see his potential. But when it happens on paper, there's a little more of a, a, reassur- a reassurance mm-hmm. factor there. Mm-hmm. And Tolliver had a huge block against Giannis, which is kind of the, the highlight of the game. I didn't know he could get up there, and I know Giannis can. Yeah, so. Giannis can just kind of stand and reach up there, but you know, no matter how big your wingspan is, you still have to put it in the basket at 10 feet. So Sometimes they don't Tolliver's account for heart in the yes. vertical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So giving him that action, that was, uh, that was pretty sweet. And the Wolves bench, you mentioned Okogi and Rose they put up 67 points which i think was our most of the year 52 percent of the team's production which just really really solid yeah and again that's just related to i think the theme that we're starting to see here is it's a 500 week it's kind of what we're expected to do there's some promising signs for those guys that we might be able to keep or have stick around next year and covington will be back sort of it's still an entertaining basketball to watch. It's obviously not pre-playoff basketball, but it, it does. There's sort of a message it sends instead of if we were just the, the Kings or the sort Knicks of the or, yeah, yeah. This team's way further down there, so I think there's still narratives and reasons to go to the games. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I totally totally agree. Should we talk about what happened at halftime and after the fact? Sure. Yeah, let's break it down for the people because this. This curse is very could be very, very prevalent to the Wolves over the next 30 years is what has been cited by Ja Rule. So Ja Rule performed at halftime at the Bucks game. And this is like he's kind of had a renewed sense of fame after the Firefest doc. Not where, good fame, but fame nonetheless. Right, right. Like resurged into relevancy because Firefest, he was a big part, kind of a big hand in that. And after documentaries came out on Netflix and Hulu, he threw out a tweet like, I was also bamboozled and led astray <laughs> after like him and Billy McFarlane just lied to people and put him up in tents. So that's been a very hot tweet it's not to just fraud, copy and it's paste. false advertising. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Another great uh, jaw rule line. So the Wolves decided to pick on him and tweet that out with a picture of him performing at halftime. And you could see as the Wolves picking on a little bit, but there's also more background around Ja Rule because he always sort of comments on any kind of yeah, event. Was, so like people always be like, what does Ja Rule think of this? Mm-hmm. So I think he leaves a pretty easy 
in for the wolves to get at. Right? Yeah, he's kind of got like a chip on his shoulder and then a target on his back. Because I thought of that. it was hilarious, but it did not seem NBA level PR sanctioned. Right. Well, and like some NBA teams are kind of at the forefront of like, oh, we're going to be witty on Twitter like Wendy's. The wolves took a shot at that and Ja Rule did not like it and proceeds to use all of his power to curse the wolf saying that. I couldn't tell if he was genuinely upset or was just kind of like, LOL, little B has cursed you. Kind of I, I wasn't sure about that either, but he doesn't seem like an LOL joke around kind of guy. So like he wasn't LOL about the fire fest kind of being a total disaster. So basically what the wolves are in for, you could read this kind of like a contract is 30 years of no championship. So wow, big shocker there. I probably could have told you that one. And do curses cancel out each other? Because I feel (laughs) like we were already cursed. (laughs) So this is great news because you can't undergo double jeopardy. And he also said Towns will leave, which that one was kind of troubling to see. But he has no facts. I didn't see like per Rachel Nichols. Ja Rule says (laughs) that Towns is going to leave. Ja Rule, cite your sources. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. Most Minnesota sports fans I saw on Twitter were like, LOL, this is just... We're used to it. Like, there's nothing else Something that you can do. Something about how the way you're surprised that people aren't believing in the curse makes mm-hmm. me nervous for what you actually believe. You like me with the curse? Yeah. I figure, like... You're kind of like, guys, this is fine. Like, the dog and the fire and me. <laughs> I'm, I more think that, like... I think of the Vikings as kind of like the cursed Minnesota team. The Timberwolves are just, like, a curse unto themselves. When they roll out of okay. bed, it's kind of like, what are we even doing here, guys? So... You can't curse the Timberwolves because they're already just like in their own way. So we're just going to brush it off. Yeah, but I have hope for <laughs> all, all of that being said. So we'll we'll keep an eye on the Ja Rule curse. If you're listening, lift the curse, please, or make sure it cancels out with another one. So, yeah, that amount that amounted to a one in one week. Noah, you kind of your thoughts seem to be that it was too expectation. Yeah, I don't want to like harp on a. I don't want to keep going on a boring take, but I think it is sort of what was expected for the week and sort of what is expected for this injured. Like it feels like our lineup is rotating. I feel like there's a certain top five to six players who haven't played together in almost half a season or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think with that sort of lineup and then you play one really bad team and then the best team in the NBA record wise, I think you'd kind of expect a one and one pretty clearly. Right. So it's nice to see that we're performing at expectation. And I think just given the Wolves franchise and Minnesota sports altogether, maintaining a 500 team when things are going slightly off or just not perfect and clean is just fine in my book. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you always want more. It's not a hot take. It's not a fun take. But I think it I think it means good things for the Wolves because it seems like the players genuinely care, even though they're not in a big market. Playoffs might not be in the future, all those types of things. So... I think overall there's some warm elements to what Mm -hmm. we've seen. And what this week showed me too is that we do have good depth. Like we were able to score well without Towns. And like we said before, he got into kind of a, not like freakish, but unexpected injury in a car accident. Taj steps in. And, you know, last week we talked about Dario starting. It would have been really, really nice to have Carl this week to get more of that consistency. And who knows like what happened about. against the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. And you'd cited here, it was his first missed game since high school, which is like 303 consecutive starts yeah, to begin so his NBA really career. you can't blame him. Well, you can't blame anyone for getting in a car crash, really. But you know what I mean? Like, 
he's done his job. So. Right. Exactly. So amazingly consistent. I'm not sure. Do we have any idea on his like timetable for the next couple of games? It was concussion. I, I think protocol. it's game to game, like one to two games because mm-hmm. um, concussion protocol and concussions themselves are very finicky. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. Really never know. Yeah. Those pesky brain injuries can be pretty, <laughs> can be pretty tough to deal with. So should we jump into kind of what we've got? going for the next couple of years of Timberwolves players? Yeah, I think it's sort of time to start thinking about what all this means for next year. And contracts-wise, who we're going to have next year already on contract is Wiggins, Teague, Gorgie, Covington, Towns, and Sarich, Akogi, and Bates-Diop. So I think we were talking before the podcast, that's, that's enough to build a team even if you didn't re-sign anyone or pick up anyone, which obviously isn't going to happen. But there's but your rotate. There's kind of your rotation. That's there. still an NBA team, right? You don't mm-hmm. just drop a ton of people. And there's promising prospects for bringing back Tyus and Rose. I think those are kind of going to be the two headlines throughout the summer. And then just because of age, you can't really expect Gibson, Bayless, Tolifer, and Dang all to kind of want to either come back here I'm sure they've got a lot of family reasons. Like, you know, there's life becomes more complicated when you're 34 injury wise, family wise, mm-hmm. all this types of stuff where Tyus obviously has Minnesota connections. Rose has said that he likes Minnesota, enjoys it here. I don't know if that's He's changed. Since Tibbs, here, yeah. so I think there's promising prospects for the 2019, 2020 season roster wise. Obviously I can't predict injuries or things like that. And I guess relating that back to what we've seen this past week and sort of post Covington injury, I think we've shown that we have depth. We've shown that we're going to have guys who are going to develop further in towns. No guarantees on Wiggins. Tyus seems like someone who's going to be a consistent, solid, slow learner Mm -hmm. or I mean, slow to, improving talent because there's only so much you can do with his athleticism and size but i don't know i'm just saying overall the next season i feel like there's a greater than 50 percent chance i would say we make the playoffs if i'm just going off of what i see right now well i want to reiterate to kind of the core that you mentioned and who we have locked yeah. in towns wiggins okogi covington and sarich that might not be your starting five because you need you need to finagle a point but guard in there. Be starting five on a team in the NBA. Right, Not exactly. Not a good team, but one, a team. Yeah, kind of a core. You know, Akogi probably coming off the bench. So Saric has one year left on his deal, but the rest of the guys we have locked up for multiple years. And then you throw in Teague and Gorgie, who don't have favorable contracts, but can take up minutes for you or if you want to use a trade asset to get off of them. So I separate them into a little bit of a different bucket, but there's kind of your core of players. And like you said, pick up either Tyus and or D Rose and you're kind of, you're in business. Yeah. And of the guys that I mentioned, only Sarich and Teague will be free agents after the 1920 season. So you have Wiggins, Gorgie, Covington, Towns, Okogi, and Bates Diop signed through 2021. Let's play. Let's so, go. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that core that we're talking about, we have a team, those six guys that you could build something out of, especially since Kogi and Bates Diop are pretty young. Mm-hmm. So, you have something to go off of. And anything else would be an improvement, right? Because mm-hmm. you're signing or adding someone to the team. So, I don't think the Wolves are going to get any worse, I guess, is the, the easiest take to make, right? Right. And all of this gets a little bit more sticky once you think about, like, 
Who would the Wolves bring in on a mid-level exception? That's Tolliver right now. If Towns makes All-NBA, he gets a little bit more of a salary kicker. So things get more layered, but I think we've, we've kind of captured you know, the most important players and the most important contract pieces to yep. think about. And we drop uh, Kevin Martin's $1.3 million contract next year. So. Wow. He hasn't been hitting threes for us or anybody for He's quite some time. He's 36 years old. I don't know why we ever thought that he'd be worth that at 36. Or you said we're also paying Cole Aldrich Cole at this Cole Aldrich week. and James Nunnally like $700,000. Yeah. Wow. And Aldrich gets that for two more seasons after this one. Which I wouldn't say was a bad signing, just that he never played. And <laughs> yeah, that one's a little more reasonable, even in retrospect. But the Kevin Martin one, I can't understand. Yeah, at all. But uh, if that's all we have to pay, as long as we're off of the peck ankle, then I feel like we're living free. Yeah, I think that was pretty similar. We were paying him millions for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough credit card to swallow. So <laughs> quick look ahead to what we've got coming this week. Kings game tomorrow. That's the only home game this week. And then we're headed on the road to the Hawks and the surprisingly good in the Eastern Conference without Victor Oladipo, Indiana Pacers. So, yeah, I think it'd be nice just to see a, a two in one week game come out of that. The Hawks game will be competitive because we're playing them away. But each of these games, it, it looks like a kind of a one and two, two in one week. I wouldn't be surprised by either, but I think I can go on a hot take and say i I feel a two in one week coming the boys seem to be buzzing there seems to be a little bit of camaraderie picked up three in a row before the bucks game didn't expect us to win against the bucks so i think we've got good things in our sights i agree and if if the wolves kind of in their own locker room and with what ryan saunders is telling them are looking for a playoff spot if they can steal a game from the kings that would be that would be huge yeah well with that how how 